0: Hey, I ask the questions here, not you.
1: Um, yeah. Uh
0: Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. I'm uh, already sitting here chatting with Jeremy, but Jeremy, Jeremy Shattuck is waving at you. You can't see him because it's an audio only pro- format, but he's, trust me folks, he's friendly, he's waving, he's got his guitar, and we're going to talk music. Uh, cool. The Winter Shakers, the Jazz Lizards, Jeremy and his guitar. Nice. Let's go, Jeremy. Tell, tell us about you.
1: I, you know, I'd like to tell you something about this guitar. I wish people could see this guitar. This is a, um, a custom Elvis Presley guitar. And, uh, I do love Elvis, but not, not that much that I would have bought this guitar. I have a great friend, Kurt, who used to work at the Gibson factory. And he kept telling me, you got to come over and check out this guitar. I have, you got to come over and check out this guitar. And, um, I went over his house and he pulled out this guitar and I was like, what is that? You know, it's like, um, to describe it to people at home, it says Elvis Presley in the frets with like a uh, pearl inlay, I guess it, you call Mother it of pearl. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I asked him if I could borrow it to record a song and he was just like, you keep it, you know, he was just, oh. he's, he's really a drummer and he's like, you know, I always wanted to learn how to play guitar, but, uh, I got it in an auction, uh, for he said, you don't want to know how much <laughs> <He> <laughs> some kind of discount because he worked at the factory and he, he gave me this guitar. So shout out Kurt for there we go. giving well, me this Elvis Presley Gibson, uh, J J 200. I think you call it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a
1: nice looking guitar. Uh, what's it sound like? Um, yeah, I think it's a J two. Oh, SJ 200. I just had to look at SJ 200. It okay. it right. It's like, this is the guitar that, uh, Bob Dylan's holding on the cover of I think Nashville Skyline or something. There's a famous cover with him holding this. Um, it sounds like this. Yeah, anyway, can you hear that okay?
0: I can hear it okay.
1: I mean- How about I play coming... a song? This is a song yeah. I wrote about four days ago. So I'm Perfect. always I'm always just- what The latest song was that I wrote. Perfect, let's hear so it. So I stayed up all night uh, a couple days ago and, and I wrote this one. Yeah. don't care a thing about him He can't pull the weight of a pin He's not worth the trouble he brings He won't change the words he sings She don't care a thing about me She's all alone cause she needs to be free We all lost the word of TV Hold me, hold me Hold me, hold me, hold me here here we are by the fireside, I know it all from the look in her eyes, give me something I can understand, something I can hold in my hand. Hold me, hold me Hold me, hold me Hold me here And he can't stand a single word He can't believe he ever could Is there any heart that won't turn to wood? Hold me, hold me. Hold me, hold me. Hold me, here we are in the weight of the world. Everything is so absurd. Nothing turned out as we planned. Lying in bed on Instagram. Hold me, hold me. Hold me, hold me. Hold me, me, hold me. Hold me, hold me. Hold me here. Hold me here.
0: All right, very nice. So you just wrote that
1: four days yes, ago. Yes, that is the that is the debut of that song. I guess it's called Hold Me. Maybe, okay. maybe hold me here. I don't know. But okay. that, that's the world debut of that. Thanks for letting me play it on the podcast. Thank,
0: yeah. Thanks for playing it, man. Yep.
1: So let's talk. Well, first off, what do you know what year What, what year that guitar is? Oh, um, it's from the 90s. It's a 90s guitar. 90s. I, you know, you yeah. could find out exactly what year it is because they made a, um, I don't know off the top of my head, about 95 or something. They made an Elvis movie. They made some movie about Elvis, and it okay. was a custom guitar that they made for that movie. So they made something okay. like a hundred or two hundred. It's a limited edition. One of them, the guy plays in the movie. I don't think I've ever seen it, actually. Okay, I haven't. But that's it. the okay. story. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So right. it's a '90s Gibson, uh, trying to be like the older ones, you know. Sure. But yeah, it's got. How'd you? It's got this really cool. At some point, Elvis had a guitar like this with this whole crazy design on it. You know.
0: Right No, I'm sure it's 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 a it's a beautiful guitar. Man. Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, I love it. I've never had a nice guitar in my life. (laughs) so I'm really happy to finally have a guitar that doesn't sound like a piece, you know? (laughs) Well, how did
0: you get started? What was your, uh, how did you come about? How did music find you?
1: Well, um, I took piano lessons when I was about six or seven. And um, it was a very short-lived career of piano lessons. I had, uh, you know, I had like the method book. And I never practiced and um, my first piano recital, it was at an old folks home and I hadn't practiced (laughs) my piece. It probably had 10 notes in it. It was probably like the easiest thing, but I didn't practice it. And I sat down in front of all the the kid in front of me was really good kid who played before (laughs) me and I was super intimidated and I sat down at the piano. And I couldn't even remember the first note. And I looked out at all these people in wheelchairs and walkers and stuff. And I looked out at them and I said, can I stop? And they were just blank faced. Nobody said a word. And I just got up and I ran away. (laughs) And then a clown came up. There was a clown who was an announcer to announce each student was this uh, clown. And it really scared the heck out of me. I was sitting on the floor crying and this clown comes up to me and he's like, you can go back and play if you want to. And I was like, no. (laughs) No. <laughs> leave me alone. And that, that ended my piano career. Um, and, and then about five years later, I started taking guitar lessons when I was about 11 years old. I was taking guitar lessons. And um, I had some friends who wanted to start a punk band. And I okay. wanted to play guitar in it. But what, my other friend, Russ was the guitar player. So they said, No, we need you to play drums. So um this was very punk rock. My we we turned the guitar I had into a bass by putting bass okay. strings on it. I don't I don't remember if it ever even worked, but we destroyed this guitar trying to t- turn it into a bass. So and bass. um I bought a drum set and uh yeah, my friend taught me how to play what he thought was the beat to blip Street bop by the Ramones. But, which <laughs> and it was nothing like the beat in the end, you know. I I I remember it's like I was playing something on the floor, Tom, and um, yeah, there there was this uh, – this is in New Jersey, and uh, I, I don't remember the station. Maybe you'll know. I think maybe it was WKCR. It was like Rutgers Radio. Whatever okay. the Rutgers yeah. station was, we used to listen to it all the time. And um, one day, they were giving away tickets to a show. Brutal Truth and Pungent Stench were the names of these bands. I'd never heard of these bands before, but we won – tickets to go see brutal truth and pungent stench at obsessions in randolph new jersey and okay. we were like 14 years old or something i don't even know if the play. it must have been all ages because we were like it, well, in eighth grade or, or something not. oh sorry I've got um oh you're good did you hear that beep oh yeah. okay, uh, no good, I did not. Good. okay oh well, actually we all did <laughs> i should have silenced my phone first sorry um I won't let it That's distract me good, if it happens man. again. Anyway, we, we went to this club and um, there were these like heavy metal bands playing and um yeah, Brutal Truth and Pungent Stench. I wonder whatever happened to them. One of the bands had prosthetics coming out of their pants. We'll just say like a prosthetic third limb. <laughs> and we were like really freaked out by this whole experience. We were, we were really freaked out. But somehow we talked to the um we talked to the owner of the bar somehow that night and we booked a gig there. My band was called The Disturbed okay. Degenerates. So
0: that Disturbed was probably Gernets, my first okay.
1: like real show I ever went to. And then somehow we got in there. So we went and okay. uh we played a show at Obsessions in Randolph, New Jersey, and I played punk rock drums for like five of our friends that we got to come out and, and that was the beginning of it all. Yeah. So what brought you out to Washington? Oh, it's uh, it was a long road to Washington, but, um, the, the, the short okay. <laughs> version is, uh, I went to Boston for a couple of years, uh, went to school there, the Berkeley college of music there. And then I graduated, I moved to San Francisco and, um, I was in a band right. called Buxter Hooten in San Francisco Buckster. for about seven okay. years. And we did a bunch of tours where we went up to Seattle, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the place it's still there but it's changed um in in capitol hill uh right across from the mexican restaurant anyway we, we played a show there and it was a really cool show and i remember walking around capitol hill and just thinking like i could move here i really dig the scene here the sound was awesome at the club i can't mm-hmm. i can't think of the name of it right now but it's a famous club
0: it'll come it'll, yeah it'll pop yeah, in yeah. halfway through the show it'll but yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, th- I thought if
1: i ever moved if i ever was gonna move to somewhere seattle seems like a cool place so a couple of years later i just moved to seattle and uh yeah i love it ended up in uh wallingford and um there's a club called sea monster lounge in in wallingford and for a couple of years that was kind of my main hang there's still a band that plays there every friday night funky to death um but it's a really cool club and that and that kind of became my scene playing jazz gigs there uh i met a great guy Eric a upright bass player. He puts together a lot of shows now for Loudswell. He does a lot of live streams. Okay, but um, he was a bass player who kind of saw me playing at a jam or something, and he started calling me for gigs. Um, we used to do a, a jazz brunch with Joe Doria on organ, or he would play piano actually. Um, okay, we would do that on like Sundays at Sea Monster Lounge and play with all different arrangements of the jazz musicians in Seattle. And like the first week I was came to Seattle, I went to um, the Owl and Thistle. They have a jam session every Tuesday night, uh, led by Eric Verlindy. And at the time it was Jose Martinez on drums, but um, I think he stopped doing it pretty much by now, but Eric Verlindy still does it every Tuesday. And I said, if I come here every week and play, I might learn something about jazz, so um, okay. I would like, I made it like my religion to go to the Alan Thistle every Tuesday. And out of that, I met all the people that would become the jazz lizards. That's the story there for the,
0: how did we come up with the name, the jazz lizards?
1: That's a good question. I'm, I'm really not sure. It goes back to when I used to live in San Francisco. I, I had a study gig at a, um, at a hotel with a friend, Justin Pertel on guitar and we'll reside on base, and it was called the Stanford Court Hotel. I think real ritzy place, paid good, and they would give us free food yeah. and free drinks. It was a cool gig, and um, somehow we, I said, "Let's call this band the Jazz Lizards." So even though those lizards are none of the same lizards that ended up in Seattle, except for me, I kept the name. <laughs> you yeah. kept
0: the name. All right, you slithered away. Yeah, we used away to call the bass the player okay. the
1: Snake. He would like that. I hope he hears this sometimes <laughs> because he would snake around on the bass. So maybe him being the snake has something to do with the wizardry. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, okay. met so many great jazz musicians in Seattle and I kind of picked like the best of them and said, "Will you guys record this album with me. And uh, I'm lucky that all those guys played with me. So I had been writing jazz tunes for about uh, five years. So I had like a collection and I wanted to make an album. So I think there's like 20 tracks on that album, but uh, that's wow. how that came about. Well, there's a, I'm on, I'm oh, on the cool. Jazz Lizard's website
0: right now. So there's this yeah, photograph of you and all the guys.
1: I'm sorry. That's taken Litho Studios, or I guess you call it Studio Litho in uh, Fremont. So okay. I think it's great studio. Uh, Floyd is in the picture there. He's one of, one of the guys, the engineer is in that picture standing there. And he's just a genius okay. engineer. I don't. I don't even know all the bands that he's recorded. But I think the Pearl, that uh, Mike McCready owns the studio. It might be his studio altogether, or he has it split with someone else. But I know that, like you know, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam records there, and Dave Matthews Band has recorded there. So it's a very quintessential Seattle spot. I think the, so the just... Head and the Heart recorded their first album there. So,
0: okay. So they, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody.
1: he knows what Floyd Just, knows what he's doing anyway. So when it came to recording uh, yeah. that album, I knew I'd be in good hands with Floyd. Yeah.
0: I always love to ask, how long did it take to record that? Was that was two album? days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. That's, you know, that's that that one, quick.
1: I, I it's, if you listen to it, it might sound like these guys have never played this music and never practiced it. And that's exactly the truth. I really wanted to go into their, um, into that session without, any preconception of how it was going to be and um some of the people in the band wanted to practice you know they were like come on you're recording an album we should get together and practice and stuff but i was like no i just kind of like um i guess uh my point of reference was you know not that i'm my music is anything like miles davis or i'm on that level at all but you know the kind of blue sessions where it was just a couple sketches and they went in and, and you got kind of blue. So that was kind of my goal for this is like real right. jazz because we're actually improvising everything. And then, you know, we, we'd run through it one or two times and come up with some kind of an arrangement. So I, I don't think there are many first takes. It's usually, I think most of them are probably second takes or like maybe okay. one or two or third takes because we had to figure something out. But there's nothing more <laughs> than three takes. That's, that's just like, that's it.
0: What's interesting to me, and I'm not not—I'm not a musician, you know, I just I'm, I love I love listening to music and nor do I claim to know that much about music. either. I just love what I like to listen to. Right. But there's this like two schools of thoughts. So let's just let's just go in and imp- improvise everything or I can't release it because it's not meticulously perfect. Every right split second of the album, I, I kind of tend to gravitate towards the more. Let's throw spaghetti mm-hmm. at the wall and see how it sounds. And some of it's great, and some of it's well, maybe it wasn't. But you know, I like I like that you know, unstructured. I definitely nature live
1: in between in between those two schools of thought, and <laughs> um, I feel like my heart is on the infra, improvise and whatever happens, happens side, and my head is in the everything should be perfect side. So that's like it leads to some kind of complete bipolar disorder in my mind when it comes to recording music like that album we recorded it in two days and then i was just like cool that's done but then um i've got my rock and roll project the winter shakers um and we recorded the basic tracks right before covid kind of happens so over two years ago Mm -hmm. we went in the studio and recorded the basic tracks to that and like, I don't want to release anything because I want to work on it till it's perfect. And I haven't really had a chance, especially financially, um, to make that happen, you know? So there's a part of me that's just like, oh, it's fine just the way it is. And then there's a part of me that really wants to polish it. And, like, uh, the last thing I did is I hired a string quartet, yeah. some Seattle great string players, and... Um, and i i've been like overdubbing strings to it and now that the strings are on it i'm thinking oh i can Mm -hmm. get some flutes here and some clarinets here and like i'm i really want to get out the next album this year but there's that part of me that wants it to be right so i don't want to release it till it's right so sometimes you write a song four days ago and then play it on a podcast and just say it's done here it is (laughs) other other things take seven years you know well, let's, okay,
0: so let's, sure. you know, we'll just bounce around here. We'll just, we'll just be unstructured. So the Winter Shakers, how did, how do you get started with that so project?
1: I had been playing, I played multiple instruments and, um, over the years I was, I was a sideman for, so, uh, okay. for a lot of different bands, I would play other people's songs and at the same time I would be writing okay. songs and Um, sometimes I would write songs for the projects that I'd be in and some of the bands played my songs over the years. It's I, you know, at different shows, we we would play some of my stuff. Um, but when my last project ended, uh, about three and a half, four years ago, when my last thing I was doing ended, I, I found myself without a band and with all these songs, and I'd always been relying on other people to sing my songs and play them. And at that point, I just said, you know what? It's like, if I don't do this myself, no one no one else is going to do this for me. Like, I could find another band to join it mm-hmm. with somebody who has their music. But inevitably, their music is going to be the focus of their band. And then I'm like, oh, hey, I wrote this song. Maybe we mm-hmm. can sing. And maybe I'd get one or two songs on a set or something. But it it just came to be that shift that I had you know, over 30 songs of my own and nobody else is going to sing them if I don't sing them. So I started singing them. I went to uh, Columbia City Theatre has a open mic night at uh, the Bourbon Bar. It's like the smaller area right when you walk in on the left. And I had some friends who would, um my friend mm-hmm. Michelle Searle. She teaches at the Music Factory in Madison Park, owned by Ari Joshua, great friend of mine. He's a winter shaker too. He was just on the cover of Earshot last month, you might have noticed, okay. but um, I'm going on a tangent here. I love Ari. He's, he's going to re- record with, uh, Medesky, Martin and Wood minus one, uh, Medesky and Martin <laughs> next month. He's going to record with them. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, he's just recorded out. Cool. like pretty Fish's yeah. band. Some of the people from, from Trey's band. Sorry, not fish. Yeah. Yeah. His rhythm from section he, he nice. recorded an album with. Anyway, um, Michelle Searle, who, who is a, a vocal teacher at the music Factory, where I also worked for years teaching students there. So she's like, come to Columbia city theater. Mm-hmm. I, do, I host an open mic there. And I kind of made that my main thing. So I would go every week. Uh, I ended up okay. hosting it a bunch of times when she couldn't make it hosting the open mic. And that just became like, um, my reason every week to write songs and work on songs to go there and. I'm playing on Wednesday night and I ended up meeting my band there. Noah bird is a great singer songwriter. And I saw him singing there and he saw me and we hooked up. So I ended up playing drums in his band and he plays bass for me. And then there was another band called speakeasy okay. that was from Michigan and uh, their drummer, Jordan Otto. I met through this whole thing too. And that's how I put together the winter shakers. I'm trying to th- Oh, yeah.
0: How would you how would you describe the Winter Shakers mm-hmm. in your own? Because I'm reading some stuff here and now. I'm gonna put you on the spot. How are you gonna? Oh describe man,
1: I, the, the I haven't thought about this forever. I mean, this is this is why I paid somebody to write my bio for me so I could <laughs> have somebody else. Say it well, when we're done here, you could steal yeah, some, really, of, the, some really of your like lines and a, put them on your site. Um, the guy who wrote my bio said he said something like we're a colorful stash of crayons where that you listen to sipping warm cups yeah. of coffee on rainy Seattle nights or something. I don't know. I, I like what he wrote, but um, yeah. I'll try and think of some words myself. I'm definitely a lot of times when you apply to a festival or something, they want you to say like three words and I'm always, I always throw a folk in there. Okay. Whatever I say, like I always end up throwing a folk okay. in there. I love Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and um. So many things are influenced by folk. So, you know, there's the folk element in in my songwriting for sure. And there's a rock element. Definitely. Okay. I love rock and roll. So I always end up saying something like, you know, freak folk rock. Sure. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. Well, I mean, all right. So sure. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read okay. you the bio. Just to remind you. Seattle-based band, The Winter Shakers, is like a stash of priceless artworks composed by colorful crayon box. I like that. That's pretty interesting, man. And it goes on to say, it goes on. The group is a smile of the Mona Lisa overcome with birthday ice cream and icing. The members write the best songs you haven't heard. Rich with a lilt and pounce you've known your whole life. Your music is a mighty mix of majesty and mayhem. No, so somebody was, wrote that, that for numbers. you. So that, that wasn't, wasn't your a friend words. That was, who, um,
1: <laughs> a good friend of mine. I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name because I paid him to say it or <laughs> you know, to write the out But anyway, um, okay. that's okay. a great journalist from, from the Seattle area who wrote that, who's who's going on to do many great things. Nice. But, um, you know, I, I think it's eclectic. <sighs> that's one of the one of the words that comes to mind is eccentric or eclectic. Diver- my music's very diverse. I, whenever I give somebody my okay. CD, I, t- I usually tell them, if you don't like a track, just skip to the next one because you might like it because they're all very different. And my my biggest fear is that someone hears the first track and is like, right. "Oh, this isn't my thing," and maybe their thing is track three. It's like on on almost there. The first track is, gotcha. is like pretty rocking with drums and it's loud and there's like fully orchestrated, and then the second track is super soft and almost like. Uh, a love song or something, but really, really soft and sweet. And then the third track is like a disco song. So within the first three tracks you have, it's it, you would (laughs) think it was three different bands or something. And that's the same thing with the jazz lizards too. It's like stylistically, there's not really one thing. I like all kinds of music. And I feel like when I write, um, I draw from a lot of different styles and tonalities and, and uh, yeah,
0: so who name some some name some influences for Um the first track on the
1: album Almost There. I literally wrote the day after seeing uh um not Sharon Van and oh I'm losing my mind. Um, she has that song, Are You With Me Now? Kate LeBon. I saw Kate LeBon at I think it was at The Crocodile. Okay. But I saw Kate LeBon there and or no, it was at Numos. I saw her at the Crocodile a couple of years later, but anyway, I saw her at Numos, and she has a song called "Are You With Me Now," and it's got like a really eclectic groove that like changes time signatures and a cool melody that goes on top of that. And the next day, I don't know, I don't remember if I said I want to write something like Kate LeBon or I just had her song in my head or something. But I wrote that one uh, as kind of like a tribute to her, consciously or not consciously. So Kate, Kate LeBon is an influence okay. on that one. I think on the next track, harmonically, um, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, there's something I'm, I'm playing these without, maybe with or with without. With or I, without is, Young? Is Neil Young on the Judy Blue Eyes?
0: Oh. <laughs> hey, I asked the questions here, not you. Um, yeah. Uh, so...
1: Boy. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Um, so like on the first track... You keep track, talking. I'm going to look there, that up. Goes, <laughs> Kate bon has a song like "Are you with me now?" Oh, I don't even know how to play her song, but it's similar in like changing time signature with a melody on top. Okay, and then the second track, "Crested Butte." I feel like those chords somehow. I don't know if that has anything to do with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, but. To me, it does. Like that's how they play. Like you know, that that kind of vibe. So I would call them an. Yeah, yeah, I can see on that them. one. I can see like them. I said, the third track is like a disco track, or like. Okay. Stats, stats, like you know, for for a couple of years, I played in in a wedding band, playing drums in a wedding band. So like somehow some top forty disco beats got into my head as an <sighs> influence there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you need to get those out. So, just get them out. No. Yeah. So, so, "Sweet Judy Blue Eyes"
1: okay. was just Crosby, yeah. Stills, Nash. That no so was off their first. So album. you can still listen to it on Spotify. Pretty young,
0: pretty young, no young yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 If it, yes. if it, if it, if I you play it backwards, yeah, it says, get vaccinated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah lo- go. Lots of influences. I, I think you know, if you, there, there are more things that are influences for me than aren't influences.
0: Definitely. But yeah. Okay. All right. So when you're pl- let, let's 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 go over to this for a second. So. Where, mm. where in the area, since we're a Washington State show, so I'm just going okay. you know, to ask you to kind of keep it to Washington.
1: Venues that you've played out that you think are um, pretty I know cool I've talked about the Columbia City Theater already, but I love Columbia City Theater. It's such a beautiful place. The stage and the curtains, and there's like some gold inlays or something in the main room. I really, mm. really love that place. I've got, oh, that, that was one of the places I played before I moved to, to Washington, when I was... Um, Oh, I take that back. Like the week I moved to Seattle, my friend from San Francisco, Quinn DeVoe, Mm -hmm. came through on tour and he needed a drummer. And I played like I think my first gig officially when I moved to uh, Seattle was at the Columbia City Theater playing drums for Quinn DeVoe. So something drew me to that place. And okay, All right.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. um, It's a cool cool spot.
1: the whole time, like, I feel like they're always on the verge of being shut down, you know? Like, it's always like Save the Columbia City Theater. It's one of these things. It's just, it's like Scarecrow Video or something. Like, right. they're always right on the verge of closing down forever and somehow they stay alive. <laughs> so, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, that I get to play there again. But, uh, right at the beginning of this pandemic, I, I played, uh, a show there. It was like, I don't remember now. I guess it was January 19 or it might have been January 20. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I love that place. So that's a great, great venue to play. There are some places that are great that I haven't played, too. But uh, I'm thinking of places I have played. Sunset Tavern. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. We'll Sunset get to Tavern, that they so, just, they just redid their whole. Okay. I feel like Sunset Tavern what? is always redoing their their restaurant, too. They're, they're always in flux. Well, when, yeah. when I used to play with Buckster Hoot and then we came on tour, it was one of the first places right. we played in Seattle. This is about twelve years ago now. We drove up and it was—I don't know if you remember—but it was like the biggest snowstorm ever. Everything was shut down. This is about about twelve years ago, maybe eleven years ago. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it seems happens. to me like you know, it was a couple Seattle, months ago like, because we it, had so much snow here. the whole, All the whole right. thing shuts down. So of course, we we drove from San Francisco. I mean, we did other stops on the way, obviously, like Eugene and Portland, and Dante's in Portland, sure. and there's this really cool club in cottage grove oregon i forget what it's called but it's a bookstore that has a stage and we would always hit that place in cottage grove and we get to seattle and i think i had two friends that came out from like high school that happened to live in seattle and that was like it there were like two of my friends there and nobody else came out because seattle was just closed because of the snow but at that point um the sunset tavern sold pizza they sold pizza and they, their stage was in a totally different spot. And then they like knocked out, they built a wall, knocked down a wall and they redid the whole place. And they just re- recently redid the whole stage. So now it looks like there's like a sunrise and it's got like kind of a Japanese architecture type thing going on. I'd really like to play there. Yeah. since I haven't played there since they revamped it, but I love sunset tavern. They always have great sound. Columbia city theater always has great sounds. Um, I still haven't played Numos, but, uh, Love Numo's awesome club and the place next door to it downstairs, whatever that is. Okay. Or maybe Numo's is the one downstairs and there's the other place next door. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: I always get that mixed up. It's been so long since I've been to live music in Seattle. It's, 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 you know, not because well we moved over, you know, to central Washington, you know, four years ago, five, almost five years ago now. And then, you know, so it's, we come over. I mean, we were over Saturday. We went to Tacoma to see a couple of uh, some friends of ours. Were, cool. Had a double bill at the a place called The uh, the Valley. And uh, just a great little dive bar. There's in that Tacoma. place down there and, uh, um, in Tacoma. for that.
1: There's a really cool place. I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like a really big club. Spanish well, Ballroom. Thank you. I knew you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw something ballroom, pretty recently there. Mc,
0: McMinim, yeah, McMinim's, Yeah yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of people play there you know that's that's a pretty cool room um yeah Tacoma's music scene's kind of an interesting um there's a lot of a lot of talent down in Tacoma um very mm-hmm. different to me to, the, the sound before of before I forget is very um, different um, while we're talking about
1: clubs I like I have to give a shout out to Connor Brown um, in Ballard I've probably played there more, more than anywhere um when I was getting okay. into the open mic scene, uh, you know, Wednesdays was Columbia City Theater, and then Sunday night was and still is the Connor Byrne open mic night.
0: So, okay, I've never been there, um, so I wanted, for my sake, describe that a bar because I've never and been it's there. Kind
1: of like, have you ever been um, to the High Dive? Okay, so it's like a high dive, but it's a little bit bigger, and <laughs> the stage is a little more elegant. You could say they have a cool chandelier. Oh. It's, it's, it's like High Dive 2.0. No offense to the High Dive. Of course not. Okay. But I love Connor Byrne and... Um, uh, yeah, High Dive's kinda... Yeah, that just became my scene uh, for a who... long time. And, uh, you know, the Head and the Heart got their start okay. at Connor Byrne. And um, I had my album release party mm-hmm. booked for, um, for Almost There, for the Winter Shakers. It was booked um, about two years ago or it might be three years ago now i'm not sure i'm losing track of time with with COVID. it's just <laughs> it's all becoming a blur but we were booked for like one night it was like august 4th or <sighs> something yeah and they called me up and said hey we w- would you mind moving your show okay. we double booked we double booked your show they had some corporate event that they booked the night that i was supposed to have the cedar release party and i was so mad i'm like come on i've been advertising for this i put up posters <sighs> and they're like well we can give you you know i know you wanted friday but we could give you saturday night but the only thing would be that um you'd have to open up for the head and the heart <laughs> so i said okay well
0: all right we'll switch okay to <laughs> so yeah so do you
1: know
0: who do you know who john doe is i don't know john doe john doe uh probably most you would most recognize me he he is the bass player for the band x okay you know x no i don't you're too young Uh, x was a quintessential punk band out of los angeles
1: i'm typing it in right now so i can search it later
0: yeah um so john doe is the bass player in that band i've
1: got his picture now he looks familiar yeah
0: yeah you you, he's done he's done a lot of stuff anyway he played a show one night at the high dive that we went to cool it was just him just him and his acoustic guitar He walks out on stage and there's maybe, I don't know, 150 of us, 200. I mean, it was, you know, he goes, I'm really sick. Just go get your money back. Nobody pays for tonight. Come back in and and I'll play for as long as I can, but you're not going to get a good show out of me. So you don't need to pay. Not a single person left. Two and a half hours later, he finished up. I mean, that guy is, that was, that was a really cool show. Everyone kept bringing him whiskeys up to the stage. You know, here you go. Nice. <laughs> he was just, um, but yeah, I, that, the high dive is a pretty cool. A uh, good friend of mine had a band in Seattle in the nineties and they got back together for one show. They did it there. Yeah. That's, I like that venue. I've, I've not been to Connor Byrne. I'm looking oh, at cool. it right now. It's a gorgeous bar. Yeah, man.
1: I love Connor. I love the high dive too. The first winter shakers show ever was at the high dive. Here's okay. Echo, stop. I Man, they're, they're listening. I don't, know, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I said to make that up. I'm unplugging Big this Brother is right listening, now. folks. All Sorry right. for all the technical difficulties here. It's all good, man.
0: It's all good. Um, yeah. The, this is a very casual show, folks. You know that. If people are listening like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the first Winter shaker show ever was at High Dive August 4th, four years ago. Whatever year okay. that was. That was our first show.
0: Yeah. Like 1905 <laughs> yeah, exactly. or something. I don't exactly. know, man. COVID is COVID is messed up. Everything. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The, the last show we played was at Connor burn, um, about five months ago. And it was one of those things like they were going back and forth. If it was going to be open or closed, um, if the show was going to get canceled or not, they were canceling every other show and we ended up doing the show yeah. and, um, it it was a weird scene, you know, everybody's wearing masks and then I'm on stage singing and I'm not wearing a mask. And then half the band is wearing masks and half the band isn't wearing masks. And at, at that <sighs> point after that show, which just kind of felt off to me, I just, I was just like, I'm not either. You can, either you can go to a bar and play a show or, you, can, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of waiting for the whole thing to die down. Hopefully it will. We'll see what right, happens, right. but you know, Things seem to be open, it, it, well, pretty it, open these days. Things seem to be pretty open, but it's still always just like a mixed crowd. Like some people are wearing masks. Some people aren't. Right.
0: And I th- I think for the foreseeable future, that's going to be the case. There's going to be people, even if masks are not required, that are going to choose to mask right. up. And then there's going to be people that even if masks are required, refuse to wear masks. I'm not trying to uh-huh. have a statement here. I'm no, just it, like, right. people are people. And I'm with you. I was going to go... Uh, buy tickets to see a concert in Seattle in March. And I was like, no, I just don't feel like doing it. I just don't, I don't want to sit around for, you know, two and a half hours in a, you in know, a, in, in large theater with 16,000 people wearing a mat. I don't think I'd enjoy myself enough. Right. And then, and then McCartney tickets are going on sale, so now I have to decide if if I, if I can get McCartney tickets, I'll wear yeah, a mask. Yeah, I
1: hear you. <laughs> you know, and, I heard Coachella is happening like, uh, with no masks, but yeah. you know they say if you yeah. want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Obviously, sure. I mean, that's just going to this be. This could, way it is, it, but... yeah. Maybe you're right, and this is just the new normal. And I, you know, everybody wants yeah. to get over it, and that's the way it's going to be. Like people are going to wear masks because they don't want, you know, they're playing it safe, yeah. and, and, and I guess that's fine. Exactly. And you there's want to no go big... to a show and wear a mask. Yeah. Cool. And, Yeah, exactly. But I, I I think it's. I
0: I do find, I do find it weird though. And this is just me. You see a band performing with some of them (laughs) wearing masks and some of them
1: not. It's like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's like it's okay. It's like you have to pick a side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and but the problem is. You shouldn't have no, to joking, your side. You know, I was joking. You I was joking, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Pick a side. Draw a line in yeah. the sand. know. I shouldn't. No, I we should, you know, common sense. But yeah, yeah,
1: like I said, at the Connor Byrne show, some of some of us were wearing masks, some of us weren't. I think me and the bass player and Ari on guitar, I think none of us had masks. And then we had a string quartet on stage, and I think, like, two of them were, and two of them weren't. It's just, just the way it is, you know? It's fine. Okay.
0: So we've talked about some of the places you've played. Let's talk about... Where haven't you played that you want to play?
1: Um, well, about two or three years ago, nineteen oh five, nineteen oh six, we played at Folk Life <laughs> at um, at Vera Project, and I would really want to play KXP stage. That's definitely a goal. Uh, to to play KXP okay. stage for for Folk Life or another time, anytime.
0: KXP, are you listening? He wants to play yeah, on your stage. If you're I'm listening,
1: playing. there we go. Um. Yeah. Yeah, or an in studio too would be cool. But I love that that room. Um mm-hmm. that's that's a goal. I've I've played at the Tractor before, um, with other bands, but I've never played my own music there. So Tractor Tavern, it's right across the street from Connor Brown, I've still never done a winter I shaker love the tractor. there.
0: Yeah. The tractor's boy, I've had a lot of great shows yeah. at the Tractor Tavern through the years. So on um so- John Doe's other band um, is called the Knitters. Cool, and it's most of it's most of the members in X except for the drummer's playing a, a wash tub, and we were there on was it either election night or, inaugura- or inauguration night when Barack mm-hmm. Obama was and Eddie Vedder got up oh, cool. on stage and sang with him, and 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 it was just like. And we were like next to the stage. I mean, it was like, "Hey, who's that? That's any nice. better?" <laughs> but yeah, but the tractors. Um, that's that's a fun room. I don't know why it's not really a great room for music, and the it's, I don't think it's laid out great. But it's so much fun. I just I've always had a good time. Yeah,
1: it's tractor. funny you say that. I've def- there are definitely some spots you can end up where you don't have a good view, like you have a pole in your face or something yeah. if you're by the bar and like looking exactly. over. There's yeah. there's some bad spots. To yeah, view. but I, I, it's I, such a it's it's a cool room big room
0: yeah yeah no it's a, it's a good yeah it's a good and this i like the fact that the stage is low and um yeah we just
1: yeah i've been hearing a, a lot about this club we're, um in west seattle called drunky two-shoes a lot of people have been playing there that's a in isn't white center, that in white yeah, center. Like, what,
0: yeah yeah drunky two-shoes i mean with a with a name like that yeah. that's that's like a great name there's a a a place here in wenatchee called wally's house of booze oh i gotta play there yeah that's (laughs) a pretty cool name it's what's interesting is it's primarily punk rock cool um, in wenatchee which is just weird but it's it's a great dive bar
1: well i'll have to um call you when i'm booking a tour and trying to get in there
0: Get, get play at Wally's I mean, with a name like Wally, I, I remember when we decided, well, not when we said when we came over here to see if we'd like living here. Right. So we're, we stayed for a weekend and we're driving around and we're driving down and is on the main dragon Wenatchee. And I just remember going to my wife. I said, we have to move to a town that has a place called Wally's house of booze. I'm not a, really a drinker, but it was like, what a cool name. Yeah. What a freaking cool name. Yeah, Wally's yeah. house of booze. So drunky true shoes is right there. It's right I've up that alley Good things right about
1: there. there. Have you ever played Slim's last chance? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've, I've seen, I've seen something there. Uh, yeah.
0: Is, I like that. That place is okay too. I've seen some, a lot of our friends have played there before.
1: Yeah. And then there's, um, not high dive, but there's like a, one something that sounds like hi, high dive. Uh, red. Right, I think it's Red right Round Slums. I don't, I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's, anyway. It's good. Yeah. There's so, so many good, good places to play.
0: Right. And, uh, I'm. I'm interested to see what the new crocodile looks like.
1: Yeah, I've played the back bar there, but never the main stage. That would be another goal: is playing main stage okay. at Crocodile. That would be cool. Okay, never played there.
0: Have you ever seen a show at the at the original showbox there in Pi, in Pike Place Market?
1: Yes, I think I saw the that's roots a... there. Oh, yeah. okay. That'd be fine. I might have been there another time too, but I can't think of it. Yeah, I. Uh, that's another one that's saw, always I, needing to be saved. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I know. But well, I think it's I think it's been I think they've taken care. They figured of it. out I some kind of
1: like uh I, historic yeah, landmark. I
0: think, yeah, the developer's going sort of to spare it and I
1: think. Uh, well, what's
0: what's next for you? What what's the future look like?
1: Yeah, um well uh let me take a moment and point people towards uh the the winter shakers and the jazz lizards both have um youtube channels and facebook channels and instagram channels and the reason i mention this is not to uh to get more likes which you know that's great and all because you can see the next time we're playing when we make announcements and stuff but for me um one of my great passions is making videos so basically every time i'm writing a song the second i start writing a song i start thinking about what what's the video going to be and all right. um, all right. I pretty much do it all myself. I've had some help from some other camera people and stuff, but um, I'm almost done making videos for the last album. Almost there. I want to okay. have a video for every song. So um, if you, if you look up the winter shakers on any of those things, you'll be able to see, I guess like eight or nine so far videos, music videos that we have. And a lot of them I have a uh, stop time animation that I do myself mixed with with live concert footage and stuff and uh the same thing for the jazz lizards i've been making videos i'm not quite as close to finishing that album because there's like 20 tracks and i think i've done about 10 of those so far so these are long-term goals um i know i'm going off on a tangent here but But, the thing is i kind of didn't want to do the next album till i make all the videos for the first album so okay. I've right. been working on it for a couple years, but at the same time, I've been working on these videos for the last album. And there's this part of me that's like, don't release the next one until you have all the videos done for the first one. Some kind of self-imposed weird.
0: Oh, I think, but see I... earlier when we started this and we were saying improv versus perfection. Right. right? But there's also improv can be in improv can be complete. And I like the idea that you want to, since video is important to you, that you want to complete that part of this project. So I like that idea. I think that's a smart move. Not that, not that I know what I'm talking about. I'm just giving my, no, I I agree.
1: Every song doesn't (laughs) have to have a video. Like it's just something I made up in my head that I want to have videos for all my songs. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I can think of so many great songs that don't have videos or I've never seen the videos to, but I still love Mm -hmm. the songs. But I just feel like it's kind of a, a visual world these days, YouTube and Instagram and everything. So I really want to have something you can look at to go along with it. A lot of people just do like a lyric video or something just to have something up there. You know, maybe I should start lowering my standards a little. Well,
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't. Don't you see, as an artist, don't lower your standards. I, I think I think artists need to keep their standards. I mean, there's that fine line between never releasing. You need to keep, I think you need to keep it. Cool,
1: cool. Well, now so, to f- come yeah. full circle, back to your question. Um, the next thing is uh, for the Winter Shakers is um, the album. It's going to be called Golden Haze. And I actually, I released Golden the Haze. single Golden Haze uh, about two years ago, right, right when I recorded. Okay. I recorded 22 tracks and then we mixed and mastered um, and made a video for Golden Haze for the one video Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say I regret it releasing it as a single, but I thought that this album would be done sooner. I thought it'd be like, here's the single. (laughs) And now a couple of months later, here's the whole album. But now it's like the single was released two years ago and there's still no album. So, uh, next thing on the agenda is to finish the whole album, which has 22 tracks on it. And, and, uh, I know it's a lot, but I really want to just get it all out there. So, Okay. So um yeah, that's the next thing. Uh it was recorded um the basic tracks we did at Studio Litho with Floyd and I've recorded strings at another studio called um Quiet Please Studios in Fremont uh with my friend John Metzler. He did an awesome job recording strings there and then we did more strings at another studio called Hazy Bay Studios. Uh we did another string day I was trying to get them all in one day, okay. but you, it's hard to record 20 so songs, good. a string quartet in one day. So it ended up being a couple of days. Yeah. And okay. um, yeah, now it's just kind of getting into it and uh, fine tuning it, some background vocals. I need to have Noah and Jordan's re-sing. I changed the keys of some songs that said like it, it was almost done. And then I, I rethought some things and reworked a couple of things. So now it's like back in the process of sorting out, getting it back to I should have just released it the day we recorded it and just said it's done but uh, I'm, I'm on the other side of the spectrum on this one trying to make it really great and um yeah 2022 that's my goal is sometime in 2022, 2022. uh keep okay. an eye out for the winter shakers golden haze so how did we come up with the name winter shakers um there was there's a church called the Shakers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're from the East Coast, probably Maryland or yep. something. I'm not sure exactly. But um, okay. it was they're kind of like the Quakers or the um, Mennonites. They're they're called mm-hmm. the Shakers. And there aren't many of them left anymore. There's maybe just a couple, a couple left if there are any. But um, okay. Ken Burns made a documentary about 15 or 20 years ago. I, I I don't know how long it was out when I saw it about 10 years ago, but there was a documentary like a PBS style Ken Burns documentary on the Mm -hmm. shakers and they were um, famous for dancing. That's why they called the shakers, the shakers, like the more conservative religious people Mm -hmm. um, with, (laughs) with, I I don't don't know why I said it like that. I was the, um, the, the more religious people would look down on the shakers because they danced. And that was like sacrilegious okay. for, to dance in church at the time. People didn't dance in church. That's like the devils, you know, to, to dance. So they were called the shakers cause they had a dance moves they would do. And they have a, a song called simple, simple gifts that you probably know. It goes, okay. um, Oh man, no, I can't. I can't think of it. But but they it's had okay. choreographed right. dance moves that went went with it. Um, if you heard the melody, you would recognize it. Anyway, in this Ken Burns documentary, he talked about how when the winter would come, um, all these vagabond uh, people who who didn't have their stuff together, they they would they would be like mm-hmm. starving because the winter would come and they wouldn't have any food and they had no shelter. So these people would come and join the church just for the winter and they would eat all the food. And, you know, there was one side of the church was for the guys to sleep and the other side of the church was for the girls to, to sleep. And and in this documentary, he talks about how uh, the men who would come and join for the winter would be seen going into the women's side of the church. Gotcha. And um, it went something like this, that, um, they would call them the winter shakers like, oh, Hezekiah, don't worry about him. He'll be gone when the weather gets nice. He's just a winter shaker. So the shakers would call okay. the guys who would come and just just to use them for the for the winter. They would call them the winter shakers. And I always thought that was a cool band. Okay. Name. If I ever started a band, I would call it the winter shaker. That's a
0: cool. That's a cool story. Yeah.
1: So okay. I highly recommend I, I the Ken Burns documentary. Cool I don't know where you can see it. I haven't. I don't think it's on Netflix or anything, but I'm sure you could dig it I up somewhere. Know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Um, um, it's probably called The Shakers, Ken Burns. So that's okay. where the name comes from. And that's why I said, you know, what's the name of that bar in Wenatchee? The Wally's House, Wally of, House of Booze. Yeah. booze. <laughs> I could picture the Winter Shakers going yeah. over, <laughs> yeah. drinking it while he's having right. booze.
0: There, yeah. Um, are you. Are you... Well, speaking of drinking, are you a, are you a fan of coffee? coffee? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, I knew we'd get along just fine. Um, great place to grab coffee in in your neck of the woods in Seattle. The where you haunt the areas of Seattle you haunt. Tell me a good coffee um, shop to go to.
1: You know, I hope it's still there. When I was living in Central District, you'd have to check to see if it's still there. But on Union Cortona, I really love Cortona.
0: Yeah, Cortona. Cortona coffee. I
1: don't know if that is still there. And then there's Ritual. Um, There's that place, Victrola, Ah. right? Victrola's, yeah. In Seattle, there's just, you know, anywhere you... Great. And Cortona's still there. Yeah, Ice. My friend Ice owns that place. Shout out Ice. They have a great deal there. Cool. um, All day long, you can come back for a refill for 50 cents. So, I would...
0: Yeah. Well, that's my type of coffee shop
1: i think i'm I'm trying to think of what brand they use i think they brew ritual i'm pretty sure i could be wrong um
0: this is saying well wait a second let me make sure yeah no hermiker oh okay hermiker coffee now
1: that's probably what they're using it's really good though
0: well which is that's not a brand Mm -hmm. you find very easily around um around town so that's that's cool
1: yeah all Uh, right there's lots of good places in Seattle. Anywhere any coffee house <sighs> yeah, you say yeah. <laughs> it's going to have good coffee.
0: Yeah, pretty much you can yeah, you can um, you can do that. So, hey, can I uh can I impose oh, yeah, play another sure. song?
1: You got any requests? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't. I'm going to let you surprise me. Surprise
1: me too cuz I don't know yep. I don't know what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, I'll put you on the spot. All right, he's got the Elvis Presley guitar out okay, again, folks. this
1: one um, I'm gonna play. <laughs> thank you. That was great. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is gonna be the title track off the next album, uh, Golden Haze. Let me let me uh, okay. adjust this wire so hopefully it won't get in the way. Okay. All right. I could lay in bed. I might as well be dead. I'd lose a couple of years if you stay here. Just sleeping like a bear. I'm not anywhere. I know it's not fair, but I don't care. You just cut a little too deep into my sleep. And I lay in a golden haze Forget about the plans I never should have made I could drift away Upon the waves And never care if I'm ever saved Cause when I close my eyes, I'm hypnotized. When I see those lights, you know I'll be alright. But you cut a little too deep into my sleep. And I lay in the golden haze Forget about the plans I never should have made Usually there's a guitar, here, uh, guitar solo here But I'll take this moment to talk about um, the video for this one I had the concept that we all dress up like Alice in Wonderland So I bought a bunch of Alice in Wonderland costumes and of course I'm Alice and uh, we threw together a Halloween show at Substation. And uh, so if you see the video for this one, uh, it's a lot of the band running around dressed up as Alice in Wonderland and we have a lot of live footage from the Halloween show we played at Substation. Okay. So this is a single Check. and hopefully the rest of the tracks will be done pretty soon. But I'll sing the rest of the song now. <laughs> Alright. But you cut too deep It all got ruined And now I'm sick staring at the moon And love can be so tough It's never quite enough And it can be so rough Coming off the stuff But you cut A little too deep Into my sleep And I lay in a golden haze Forget about the plans I never should have made You just cut A little too deep Into my sleep And I drift away I guess I'll write this song Another day You just cut A little too deep Into my sleep And I lay In a golden haze Forget about the plans I never should have made I just lay in a golden haze, forget about the plans I never should have made. I lay in a golden haze, forget about the plans I never should have made.
0: Thank you. All right, very nice. I like that guitar solo. Anyway. It <laughs> Usually, it gets- like a good conversation.
1: <laughs> Not messing up. Anyway, yeah. So that one's released. Right. Golden Hayes. You can hear all these on Spotify, YouTube. Facebook, Instagram. Okay. All that stuff.
0: All those all those all things, those, all those outlets.
1: What haven't we talked
0: about that we should have talked about as we as we wrap this one up? What didn't we
1: cover? About my musical about journey. About your musical journey. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've covered a lot of things. There's uh I love music. I love music. This I don't know what else I would do with my life, you know?
0: So. Okay. Yeah. We're going to, what we're going to do in the show. Oh, cool. Notes, I appreciate we'll that. Put the links to your, 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 your websites in that way people can, you know, because you know, who knows where they're listening to this. They might be in their car or something and they're like, oh, I can't remember. So we'll, we'll make it easy for people to circle back to you. And then we look forward to seeing you when you, when you start playing again. And hopefully that's.
1: That sounds great. You know, hope, Hopefully hope sometime soon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate cool, thank
1: it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you taking the time to play a couple songs yeah, for anytime. us. That's, uh, you know, it's funny is that, you know, we talk to musicians and we don't normally have, we don't, I don't normally think about it. I, if I'm being honest, I don't think about it. Like they should always, we should always try to get you guys to play something. I mean, what, it's just, I'm cool. down.
1: I can sing songs all night. I'm ready. We, we can keep, we can keep there rolling. We, man. we can. <laughs> I guess we're out of time, we're out of time. Yeah, we're, but oh, I appreciate it. So yeah, thanks so much. It's been a real blast. Uh, let me know when we can do it again. I appreciate it.
0: Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.